Hello, this is Denise Erasmus. Welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Wrap, a podcast in which we take a look at the top news and feature articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly. Articles featured on the cover of our 20 March issue include an opinion editorial by Davi Maria from FNB Agriculture. He writes about diversification in farming and notes some of the options farmers should consider not only for on-farm diversification, but also and perhaps more importantly off-farm options. We've got a feature on the latest trends in South Africa's growing wine market from the Western Cape. We've got an article about a Kailicha organic vegetable farm, which has helped female farmers to go from being subsistence producers to being semi-commercial producers and also to supply some jobs for people in that area. And still in the Western Cape, we visited a grain farmer who um, shares some of his conservation farming lessons. And then lastly, the livestock feature this week focuses on the versatile merino land sheep. Let's move on to news in the 20 March magazine. Here to tell us about the highlights from this week, Yolinda Schroeder, our news editor. Hi everyone. This week we have a jam-packed news offering. Some of the highlights we're going to look at is the coronavirus outbreak that will still be with us for a long time, the poor outlook for the wheat harvest, good news of banana price increases, and some feedback on the Grain SA Congress. Yes, Yolanda, the coronavirus outbreak, it's, um, it seems to be abating in some of those countries where we saw the first cases in China, South Korea and Taiwan, but still many new cases being reported across the world in other countries. And we are only now, I think, starting to see the impact that the COVID-19 might have on global trade and also on the global economy. So if we take a look at the short-term impact that um, this is having locally, And then also sort of more longer term, how is this going to play out in the next couple of months, you know, up until sort of the middle of the year? The greatest impact on agricultural trade will be seen in commodity orientated export products such as fruit. But the most significant impact that we anticipate is in consumer behavior, because elsewhere in the world, we've seen panic buying of hygiene and food products. And if we... Sort of just go into more detail about what exactly the the short-term impacts are going to be on local agricultural markets. But then also if we take a bit of a longer-term look um, towards the end of the year, how does the industry expect the situation to play out? In the me- immediate short term, it will actually benefit the agricultural sector as the demand for food products increase. But as the virus spreads um, and more and more businesses are affected, schools close, this demand will taper off um, as people become fearful of public spaces, you know, of going out and shopping and so forth. Yolanda, you mentioned in the introduction that due to a lower than expected yield in terms of wheat production in the previous season, South Africa will have to import a significant amount of wheat for 2020. Um, is there any possible impact in terms of world trade that can be expected due to the coronavirus, um, especially for wheat provision? At this stage, that is not expected because there are currently large global supplies of wheat in the market. And just in terms of the volumes that South Africa will need to import, um, can you give us an indication of how much and also where we expect this to come from? 
I'm not sure where we, where we are importing from, but it is expected that we'll have to import up to 1.8 million tonnes, which is a 33% increase year on year. And just going back, what caused the, this drop in, in yield at the end of last year? It was mainly attributed to the drier weather conditions that we experienced across the country towards the end of 2019. Moving on from wheat to bananas, um, you mentioned a price increase for producers. Yes, it's been good news for banana producers with a 32% year-on-year increase in February from 8.31 per kilo, which is well above the 5.15 per kilo that they received last year. In terms of trade flows, um, South Africa, of course, a net importer of bananas. Could you maybe just give us some idea of where most of the this fruit is being imported from? Most of our banana imports come from Mozambique and Eswatini. And Yolanda, in terms of trade flows, will South Africa still remain a net importer of bananas in this season? Yes, we will continue to import bananas this year. In 2019, we imported 155,600 tons, with 72% coming from Mozambique and the, the rest from Eswatini and a, a smaller amount from the Seychelles. What are some of the reasons given for why South Africa needs to be a net importer of this product? We've seen strong demo- consumer demand in recent years, but the local industry has also suffered from prolonged dry weather conditions, as well as outbreaks of diseases, which has severely hampered the industry. Yes, and I think from previous discussions that I have had with some of our local banana producers, many of the bananas that we are importing from Mozambique is in fact grown by those producers, but just on on farms that they own across the border in Mozambique, and that is to really to diversify their operations and to make them more resilient to changes in the weather. We did already speak about the Grain SA Congress in our podcast last week, but in the 20 March issue, we've got a full report on proceedings at this event. Is there anything more to add on top of what we spoke about last week, Yolanda? The main highlight we're featuring this week is the final address by outgoing chairperson Yaku Minar, where he once again commended the men and women in the grain industry who work and live under what he called far from ideal conditions, which is exacerbated by farm safety and security issues, as well as the whole land reform debate, specifically the threat of expropriation without compensation. Thank you, Yolinda. And before we move on from news, just our quote of the week. Farmers are always the first to be subjected to water restrictions when there are water shortages. This was Yanser Rabi, the head of natural resources at AgriSA, lamenting the lack of understanding from government for the agriculture sector's vital role in food security and employment generation. And he gave this quote in an article that we've got in the 20 March issue about this water situation in South Africa, given that we will be celebrating International Water Week from the 16th onwards. But now here to tell us more about some of these features, our managing editor Janine Ryan um, Janine, let's get started with this wine story. Hi, Janine, and welcome to all of our listeners. Um, yes, this is a very exciting article, not just because it's about one of our favorite topics here at Farmers Weekly, which is wine consumption, but because it's about the opportunities available to local wine makers on the local market. Uh, we usually focus on the export market when it comes to wine makers and 
wine production. But this article explores the current trends on the local market and how local winemakers can take um, advantage of these opportunities. What exactly are these opportunities? Brandon de Kock um, was speaking at the recent Vinpro Information Day in Cape Town and he mentioned the growing upper class and middle class segment in South Africa and how winemakers can capitalize on this to produce more wine for the local market. So, for example, in the premium wine category, de Kock said there's around 5.6 million adults who could be capitalized on. Um, so this group of consumers, is. can you give us some more detail on how they are classified? The middle and upper class segment is classified according to their monthly income. So Decox says, for example, that this segment earns around 40,000 rand or more every month. And then those that buy bottom shelf wine um, earn around 10,000 rand or more a month. And the market for this is around 12 and a half million adults. So as everyone can see, this means that there is great opportunities for winemakers on the local market. What are some of the advice that Akok gives to local wine producers um, in terms of how to target this this market segment in their marketing strategies? Akok speaks about the current trends on the wine market and these are the ones these are the trends that winemakers should take into consideration when devising their marketing strategies one of the first things one of these he mentions is age so he says that people are becoming more age agnostic and that older people want to be treated the same as younger people so in other words the marketing strategy of winemakers should include this entire age group it shouldn't just be targeted towards younger drinkers but should also target older consumers he also says that wine needs to tell a story even if it's not a particularly compelling story there should still be a story attached as consumers want to relate to brands and then finally he mentions that consumers are becoming more legacy free they're detaching themselves or breaking away from tradition and legacy in other words as there's so much information available to consumers these days they are not necessarily drinking the same wines that their parents drank for example and are making up their own minds about what they want to consume okay and then still in the western cape um, we also feature grain farmer M.G. Lotter from Calidon. Um, he follows conservation farming practices and he has been doing so for the last 12 years. Um, this type of farming increasingly popular as farmers try to make do um, with fewer inputs. What are some of the farming lessons that Lotter shares in this article? This is a particularly interesting article because he not only focuses on, on conservation practices but also about what makes economic and financial sense. Um, he's got lots of advice for readers, but he implements a crop rotation program of Medex, Lucerne, Black Oats and Wheat. And he's particularly concerned with not only finding the right crop mix, but the right mix between grain crops and forage crops to better integrate his livestock and grain components. Um, yes, it does sound as if he has got a few lessons that he can teach other farmers hoping to 
um, to implement more conservation farming elements in their grain crop rotations. Um, Janine, before we say goodbye to you, can we just take a look at the diary listings for the next two weeks? As we're celebrating International Women's Month in March, I've chosen the Women in Tech Africa in Cape Town, which is on the 18th to 19th of March as one of the events to be highlighted over the next two weeks. And then we've also spoken a lot about Grain SA recently. So this event is particularly relevant to that. It's the Grain Handling Organization of Southern Africa Symposium, which will be held in Mossel Bay from the 19th to 20th of March. For the details on these events, as well as a range of other events, listeners can consult the Farmer's Diary. Here to tell us about the top news stories from our online platforms and social media channels is digital editor Sandira Chetty. Hi everyone. On the 8th of March, the world celebrated International Women's Day with the theme, An Equal World is an Enabled World. The hashtag IWD2020, which stands for International Women's Day, had Twitter users engaging in conversations for the entire day. At FAO tweeted, Happy International Women's Day. Today, more than 820 million people do not have enough to eat. To end hunger by 2030, we must address the inequalities between women and men in agriculture. The World Farmers Organization tweeted a thread of messages about generation equality. The first message, they may have different age, ability, ethnicity, race, religion and country, but women farmers shared the same push for their right to equal treatment. Women farmers are hashtag generation equality, united in their purpose. The second message, this Women's Day, speaks out and stands up for women farmers' rights to land, credit, knowledge, technical support and market opportunities. The third message, economic, working and social conditions have no gender. This Women's Day, join generation equality, women farmers of the world and call for gender-balanced agriculture. And trending on farmersweekly.co.za, we reported some good news for pig farmers. In the article, SA Commercial Pig Herd, now among healthiest in the world, Johan Kutzer, CEO of the South African Pork Producers Organization said, with approximately 65% of South Africa's commercial pig herd now officially registered with the South African Pork Producers Organization's compartmentalization system, the local commercial herd is now one of the healthiest in the world. And to end off, excitement is kicking in for Nampo Harvest Day 2020. We will again host the Farmers Weekly Tour to Nampo in partnership with Husqvarna. This is a tour not to be missed. For more information, visit the Tours and Events page of our website. Bookings close 17 April. To keep up to date with all things Nampo, follow us on our social media platforms. Thanks, Indira. Thanks, Deneen. That's all from me. Until next week. Before we say goodbye, just one last feature that our readers can look forward to in the latest issue. Um, I quickly alluded to it in the introduction. The livestock article is about merino land sheep. Our journalist in the Free State, Anneli Coleman, interviewed Ben Duplessis. He's the president of the Merino Land Sheep Breeder Society, and he also runs a, a land sheep stud. According to Duplessis, um, this breed is rapidly regaining popularity in South Africa after... 
I'm suffering a bit of a setback in the latter part of the 1990s. Um, but now as the breed is starting to reestablish itself as a contender in terms of feedlot performance, there is much more interest from many parts of the country in the land sheep. That is it for this week. Um, remember to get your copy of the 20 March issue on shelf from the 16th of March. In the meantime, do follow us on our social media channels at farmersweekly.co.za and on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn, Farmers Weekly SA um, for daily updates on the latest agricultural news. Join us again next week when we take a brief look at the 27 March issue in which we focus on the tech revolution in agriculture. For this week, a goodbye and happy farming.